Is it possible that somehow in our pilgrimage we have created a Christianity that bears little resemblance to the reality of the person of Christ? Unfortunately, while happy to call ourselves Christians, rarely do we place Christ at the center of our lives. You know what it is? Instead, it's career. It's accumulation of wealth or friends or retirement or self or some other commodity. And Christ ends up as simply one of many things that we pursue. Now, when others look at us, what do they see? Welcome to Dayspring. Well, it's our silver anniversary this month, and you're invited in for the celebration, my friend. Say, have you ever looked at the reflection of yourself in the water? Well, the image is always slightly imperfect. You know, it's the same for our souls. As we grow closer to God, the image comes into sharper focus and resembles the soul of our Creator. It's true. If we turn our lives over to Him, He'll make us over in His image, so that both object and reflection are one. And we need to be the reflection of His image and His love. Well, today on Dayspring, Rex Bullock asks the question, What do they see? Hi, everybody. I'm Joe Alcorn, your program host. Well, along with our silver anniversary, we've put together some exciting days ahead, including a special anniversary rally, special music, and a dynamic speaker. And here's the man that put it all together, Rex Bullock. Each week, as we have done for 25 years, I have the privilege of uh, sitting behind a microphone or standing in a pulpit and sharing with you. What a thrill it is. I am so glad that you're here today. I'm Rex Bullock. And, uh, wow, I'm overwhelmed when I think that this month, 25 years ago, we started on two fledgling stations. They, they really were small. I'm not sure that the uh, audio signal reached to the city limits of the towns that we were in. <laughs> but nonetheless, we made a start. And now... 25 years later, reaching around the world, teaching victorious Christian living for the 21st century. What a thrill it is. And in just a short time, we're going to be celebrating together. We're going to have a wonderful silver anniversary celebration in Indianapolis, Indiana, USA. Hundreds of people will be gathering. We'll be having a marvelous time with uh, special guests and friends who have been with us across the years. Dr. Norman Wilson, speaker for the Wesleyan Hour, which also reaches around the world in so many places, is going to be our guest of honor and special speaker for a Friday night banquet on September 27th. And on the 28th, Saturday night, we'll have Calvin Hunt from the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. And Calvin will be singing to the honor and glory of God, a man who has been redeemed and delivered. You'll want to hear Calvin. Sunday morning he'll be with us, and then I'll be speaking. This will all be taking place at our host church, which is Grace Point Church of the Nazarene in Indianapolis, Indiana, in the USA. And I say that because so many of our friends from around the world listen. And we're happy that you are uh, tuning in, wherever you may be, whether in the South Pacific, whether um, in uh, Europe, the British Isles, uh, whether in the far north of uh, North America or in Central or South America. Always a thrill to just gather together. And, and we're going to have a great contingent of people for our anniversary celebration. If you'd like to know more, you need to call quickly. And that... Uh, 
will be on our toll-free telephone line, as well as uh, go to our website, www.dayspringradio.com. We'll tell you how to get there and uh, uh, information about our anniversary weekend. We're also making available to all of you, whether you can make the anniversary weekend or not, we're making available to you a special thank you book. That's the title of it, Thank You. It's gorgeous. Absolutely one of the most beautiful things that we've ever made available. And uh, we're saying that uh, just for being a friend of Dayspring, just for being a uh, an individual who listens and who shares in this ministry, we want to say thank you. So you can have this book. It's a beautiful uh, kind of uh, book in which you would want to put it on your coffee table or in some prominent place in your uh, living area or your den or maybe on a nightstand to have there. It also has a CD by Ray Bolts, who wrote as well as who sang the song, Thank You for Giving to the Lord. So if you will communicate with us, whether by email, whether by toll-free telephone number, whether by letter, uh, or going on to our website, we will be more than happy to get this material to you. All right? Here's Joe Alcorn to tell you how that you can do that. Thank you very much, Rex. Say, if you'd like the Book of Thanks and the special Ray Bolt CD that goes with it, you can order through Dayspring at Post Office Box 56300, Portland, Oregon, 97238. It's also available through our web store at www.dayspringradio.com. And also, a toll-free telephone number to order, 1-800-783-DAYS. Rex also has email if you want to personally contact him. It's rex at dayspringradio.com. Say, listening friend, we'd like to personally thank you for your support over the years. It's because of your generosity and prayers that Dayspring keeps going year after year. And we'd like to dedicate a song, written and sung by Ray Bolts, that reflects our feelings over the years and for your faithfulness. We say, thank you. I dreamed I went to heaven, you were there with me. We walked upon the streets of gold, beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing And someone called your name We turned and saw this young man And he was smiling as he came And he said, friend, you may not know me now And then he said, but wait You used to teach my Sunday school And I was only Every week you would say a prayer Before the class would start And one day when you said that prayer I asked Jesus in my heart Thank you for giving to the Lord I am a life that was changed So glad you 
pictures made you cry You didn't have much money But you gave it anyway Jesus took the gift you gave And that's why I'm here today One by one they came Far as the eye could see Each life somehow touched By your generosity Little things that you had done Sacrifices made I noticed on the earth In heaven now proclaimed I know up in heaven You're not supposed to cry But I am almost sure There were tears in your eyes As Jesus took your hand And you stood before the Lord He said, my child, look around you For great is your reward was changed Thank you for giving to the Lord I am so glad you gave Thank you for giving to Thank you for giving to the Lord. And now with today's message called, What Do They See? Here's Rex. I've long been intrigued with Mahatma Gandhi. Gandhi was the spiritual leader of uh, the nation of India. Trained as a lawyer in South Africa, he came back to his native India to lead Nonviolent protests. And of course, the movement grew to literally several millions of people. And 
Gandhi, almost single-handedly, is responsible for uh, the independence movement that happened in India, freeing them from the sovereign rule of Great Britain. It's a most fascinating story, this little man who so changed the course of a world at his funeral, which was held on the banks of the Ganges River. There were 16 million people. Almost unbelievable. Gandhi once was asked by a friend, If you are so intrigued with Jesus Christ, why don't you become a Christian? Gandhi replied, When I meet a Christian who's a follower of Christ, I might consider it. Another time, Gandhi was said to have stated, I would be a Christian were it not for Christians. His statement reminds me of what motivates a friend who works on college campuses with international students. I've seen this man a number of times, and uh, he's always reaching out to students who come to the United States of America from various parts of the world. And he relates that Mao Zedong came to America eager for a Western education and for an exposure to Christianity. After observing the Christians around him, however, Mao's curiosity turned to disillusionment and his heart and mind then shifted to Marxism. And, of course, we know the rest of the story. Is it possible that somehow in our pilgrimage we have created a Christianity that bears little resemblance to the reality of the person of Christ? Unfortunately, the face of Christianity often poses a distorted view of the authentic Christ. And so, the watching world frequently sees something less than Christ. In fact, when you ask people what Christianity is all about, or their perception of it, they give you a lot of interesting answers, and most of them not real positive. People may see a stoic or a stodgy kind of Christianity. They may sense our unsettledness and even anger at being marginalized and maligned by the culture at large. Or people may see a blurred image of Christ because the way that we represent him in our lives is hardly different from the way that we live. We, like them, are consumed by a number of things that secular society is grappling with greed, power, position. Oh, yes, we're all hearing about that these days. Corporate America, and probably not just in the United States of America, but in the corporate world all around the globe. There's a rather strange thing happening. Greed seems to have become the standard of the day. Oh, yes, all kinds of shenanigans and cooking the books and a variety of things. Now, some of these people even claim to be Christian. What, what do people see when they see you and me? I mean, how do we represent him in our lives? Power, position. We love our friends. We hate our enemies. We pursue comfort. We resist sacrifice. We're more interested in advancing our careers than in using our careers to advance the cause of Jesus Christ. It's very easy when the dollar signs start uh, racking up to get pretty myopic about a cause or a mission 
we tend to become rather selfish, fairly greedy. Any graffiti artist knows how to take a valuable piece of art and quickly distort it. The stroke of a pen superimposes on a uh, on a very straightforward picture, maybe a pair of glasses, and then a turned-down corner at the mouth, or sort of a goatee. You remember sitting in class somewhere, whether junior high, high school, or college, and, and drawing those kinds of pictures. Oh, yes. Is it possible that we have added graffiti to our Lord's face? Maybe we've forgotten that He must be the singular pursuit and radiant reflection of our lives. It's all about him, my friend, not about us. Christ started his ministry by calling his disciples. And you remember what he said? It's our text today. Come, follow me. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Come, follow me. Fellowship is the primal call of Christianity. Oh, yes. We must be followers. We must be followers of Jesus Christ. To come after Christ means to make him the passionate pursuit of our existence. Our lives are really like a solar system. The sun at the center gives light and warmth and defines the direction and the destination of everything else. And in the same way, Jesus Christ should be our center. The light of his love, the light of his life, the light of his character should be reflected in our own lives. We must let him determine exactly who we are and what we are doing. Unfortunately, while happy to call ourselves Christians, and incidentally we have a nation that, that uh, millions of people say, I'm a Christian. We're, we're pretty happy to make that statement, and yet rarely do we place Jesus Christ at the very center, the heart of our lives. You know what we do? We place career there. We place the accumulation of wealth there. We place our friends at the heart. We place retirement there. We place self at the center of our universe. We, we, we have our own toys. We, we so easily get caught up in our own selfish pursuits. And Christ ends up as simply one of many things that we pursue. Now, for those early disciples who heard the primal call of Christ to follow me, the issue was really pretty clear, my friend. They left all. Many of them had been disinherited, disenfranchised. Many of them had been kicked out of their jobs and out of their homes. For some, funerals were held in absentia, and families buried them and simply said, they're no longer here. They were left on their own. And now it's pretty clear the issues that are before them. What would be the central focus of their lives? Would it be their nets? I mean, are they going to be career fishermen? Nets that symbolized everything that they were accustomed to? That was their security, my friend. That was their potential prosperity. It was their stability. The things they got up for in the morning that gave them worth and value and a sense of identity, would this now be the central focus of their lives? Is that what Christianity is all about? Is that what being a follower of Christ is all about? 
or would they be willing to drop their nets and follow him? And so, really, that's the way it must be with us. You see, our nets are those things in our lives that occupy the center. Whether that be plans or friends or wealth or security or comfort or power or position, there's nothing of greater value than the preeminent person of Jesus Christ. It's a matter of values. Would we say to him as we look at our nets and then into his face that we value those nets more than we value him? Now, most of us at that point would say, no, no, I, it's Jesus first and only. But let me ask you, is that really the way it is in your life? If I looked at your checkbook, is that, would that be evident? If I walked through your home, would that be evident? If, if I looked at the things that you've amassed and that you accumulate and the things that you place real value on, would it be evident that Jesus Christ is first and foremost in your life? Would we say to him, I love you more than all these things? Ah. Oh. Years and years ago, when Bill Gaither first started writing songs, he wrote some songs that probably haven't become that well-known. Some, of course, have gone on to become classics. He Touched Me certainly is one of those. Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. But the Gaithers wrote a song called Lovest Thou Me? More Than These, My Child? Ah. What will your answer be? Oh, precious Christ, I love thee more than all of these. More than wealth. More than fame. More than the world. Now, that's a beautiful song. And those words are poignant. But can you say that honestly in your life? When Christ is the singular pursuit of our lives, he alone becomes the defining influence in our lives. And the closer we get, the more his love his justice and mercy and grace and the righteousness of him radiate through him and through our lives. I've been wondering, if Gandhi had met me, would he have seen Christ? Would he have seen through my attitudes and my actions, would he have seen through my responses to others, the Christ with which he was so intrigued. Would he? I wonder. What do people see when they see you and me? It's a good question. Can you answer it in the affirmative? I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and he is first and foremost in my life. For many years now, we've been preaching this message, the message of vital Christianity, the message of victorious Christianity, the message of Jesus first and only and always. And that's still our passion. We'll keep pursuing. We'll keep stretching. We'll keep reaching. We'll keep teaching and saying, Jesus must be first in our lives. Would you just join me in prayer right now? 
our Father. You are our God. And if I know my heart right now, you are at the center of my life. And I want it that way. I want it reflected in everything that I do, in every action that I take, in every decision that I make. I want it reflected that you are the heart, the center of my being. Oh, God, I I truly want others. I want others to see Jesus in me. I have one deep, supreme desire that I may be like Jesus. To this I fervently aspire that I may be like Jesus. Oh, my friend, I'm, I'm just praying today that you, you will have that same heart throb. Amen and amen. My friend, would would you just communicate with us in these closing moments of our beautiful worship time together? Would you just commit yourself right now to communicate with me and say, you know, Rex, that is my desire. That is my life. That's my passion. That's my commitment to be like Jesus. That's what I want more than anything else in all this world. Let's join together. We are brothers and sisters being like him. Thank you. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I have a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so Oh